It's a joy for uh, me to be here. Uh, thank you for coming back even after listening to me this morning. Uh, that was a joke. Uh, uh, Pastor, thank you for inviting me. The older I get, um, I realize to stand behind the pulpit, it is not a right, it's a privilege. So I'm so thankful that I get to share God's word this evening. Uh, if you have more questions, like Pastor said at the end of the service, I'll be at the desk. <clears throat> uh, please stop by, pick a prayer card. If you take one, you know what that means, right? You pray for us, right? Uh, so, yeah, uh, either way, you know, stop by, ask questions. I'll be glad to answer your questions. This evening, the passage that I would like to share with you, Book of Luke, Gospel of Luke, chapter 15, Gospel of Luke, chapter 15. <clears throat> As you make your way to the book of uh, Luke, uh, Gospel of Luke, chapter 15, I, uh, I want to introduce what I'm going to share this evening. Um, I'm going to go rather slowly, like I said this morning, so you do not miss uh, my uh, what the message because of my Indian accent. Right? Um, years ago, I used to work with, uh, you saw the man in, his, uh, uh, in the video. Uh, my office was next to his office, and a, a missionary called from New Jersey, but he was from India. And I can hear the conversation. The missionary said, uh, Pastor, I'm calling from New Jersey. Uh, I knew Pastor didn't understand what, he, you know, what uh, the missionary was sharing. Pastor paused for a moment, then he asked him, uh, Sir, what country is that? Uh, it's New Jersey. So if you don't listen closely, you will hear some of that, all right? So Gospel of Luke chapter uh, 15. Uh, I read somewhere uh, Mr. Moody, when he was directing the Sunday school in Chicago, there was a boy that would walk far from his, uh, his building to attend his Sunday school. So Mr. Moody looked at him, this, looked at this little boy, and asked him, uh, asked him, why don't you go to a Sunday school that's close by your place? Uh, the boy uh, responded to Mr. Moody and said, uh, the reason I come here, because they love little fellows like me over here. They love little fellows like me over here. Uh, you know, I went through years of seminary, and no one ever told me that the old saying that is, no one cares how much you know until they know how much you care. So that is what happened to this little boy, right? I want to share something from Gospel of Luke, where you will see the love of a father for his son. Before we go any further, let's look to the Lord in prayer and ask God's blessings upon the preaching. Father, we thank you for this evening. Thank you for bringing your uh, uh, dear folks this evening to uh, your house. Father, I pray that they would not hear the words of a mere man, but they would hear from you. Father, I ask that you would fill me with your spirit, and I pray that you would help me to speak with power and that there will be conviction and encouragement through the preaching of your word. Lord, we dedicate this time to you. 
we will give you the honor and praise. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Luke chapter 15. So there's no other chapter in the New Testament that will identify or that will show the love of God than Gospel of Luke. If you look at Gospel of Luke chapter 15, you will see there's a lost sheep, a lost son, and a lost, sorry, lost sheep, lost coin, and a lost son. Three incidents mentioned in Luke chapter 15. Uh, you can relax, I'm not going to pick all three of them. We will pick just one, and we will look at uh, uh, some of what the Bible says and make some application this evening. Uh, I want to talk about the prodigal son. How many of you are familiar with the story of prodigal son? Very good. Uh, we won't go verse by verse. I will narrate the story, make few applications, and we'll be done within the time that's given to me. Uh, it says in Luke chapter 15, verse 11, and he said, a certain man had two sons, uh, we will stop there. Every time you come to a parable in the New Testament, the way to look at a parable, uh, I'm sure you have heard this before, uh, to understand a parable, you have to understand what the problem Jesus is trying to solve. In this story, uh, Jesus, in chapter 15, verse 1, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they came to Jesus and they are asking a question the question is, why do you love sinners? Why do you associate yourself with the sinners? Now, you know, the Jewish people hated the, or, yeah, the Jews hated the tax collectors. Why? Because they worked for the Romans. They overcharged them, gave some to the Romans, and they, and they kept the rest with them. Right? That's the reason they hated the uh, tax collectors. Now, if you read some of the rabbinic literature, it says that a tax collector is an equivalent to a common man or a people of the land. That means they did not obey the law, their devotion was to the Romans. Now, if you go back and read some of the Old Testament writings, or sorry, the Jewish writing, you will soon learn that you do not associate yourself with a people of the land. People of the land means anyone who, is, who does not obey the law, who is a Gentile, who does not follow the Mosaic Covenant. Now, there is a saying that says, if you know somebody who is a people of the land, you do not associate yourself with them, you do not lend them money, you do not borrow money from them, you do not uh, have any sort of association with them. That means they are the outcasts, right? Now, in the story of Gospel of Luke chapter 15, what is Jesus trying to answer? The question was this, why do you associate yourself with sinners? Why you treat sinners well? Now, what happened when the sinners came to Jesus Christ, the prostitutes, the thieves, when they came to Jesus, what did he do? He did not chase them away. He loved them, right? He never compromised the message, but he loved them. They knew down deep in his heart, he loved the sinners, right? So what Jesus is going to, how Jesus is going to answer is this in chapter 15. 
That is the story of the prodigal son. So he's going to answer the question, why do you love sinners? And that is the story of uh, Gospel of Luke 15, the story of the prodigal son. I will explain more well. Um, in verse 11, again, he said, there, there was a man who had two sons. Two sons. Now, and the first one came to the father and said, give me my portion. It says, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth for me or to me. And he divided unto them his, his living. Now, if you go back and read the Old Testament, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 21, it says, one third of the property belongeth to the second son. That is the Old Testament law. One third of the property goes to the second son. Now, in this story, if that is true, what is the problem with what the, the son is asking? What is the problem? The only problem is this, the father is still alive, right? So in, in this story, the son is saying, I'm going to paraphrase this, son is saying, I am tired of you, dad. I thought by now you will be dead, but since you are alive, give me my portion. That is what he is saying in the story. I do not want to associate myself with you anymore. Therefore, give me my portion. Give it to me now. That is what, the, in the story, that is the background in which this uh, story is taking place. You know, it's very interesting. Maybe sometime after this message, sometime you can read, go home and read. It is very interesting. If you read through the story, you do not see the next step the father is negotiating with his son. There is nothing like that here. Okay? He's not saying, son, please stay till Christmas and then go. I will sell everything. Okay? He's not saying any of that. If you read the verse in sequence, you will see that he gave whatever he asked for. Right? In the story. Uh, and verse 13, it said, not many days, he collected everything and he went away. Now, imagine with me what this father must have felt like that day when the son asked, give me my portion. As I read this parable, there's two things I can think. One, the pain of uh, rejection. What is the son saying? Dad, I am done with you. I do not want to associate myself with you any longer. Therefore, give me my portion. Number two, I think the father must have felt the pain of rejection. Right? Uh, you know, I know there was no Facebook in those days, but everybody in town knew it, what happened, right? Remember, if you look at the story closely, he had to sell the property, right? The son had to sell the property and convert into coal cash to go to a faraway country. So everybody in town knew what was happening. Now, coming to verse 13, it says, he sold everything. Some of this I'm paraphrasing. I'm sticking very close to the text. Uh, he sold everything, and the Bible says in the second part of verse 13, he went to a far country. Uh, it wasn't something like, Dad, give me some money. Let me go to Bible college. That wasn't the story here, right? He, he collected all his money, and the Bible says, we don't know where it is, went to a faraway place, a far country. Then the second part, it says, 
he was having a riotous living. It literally means a wicked living. Uh, I call him, um, you know, every day was a party hour for him, or happy hour, I should say. You know, happy hour. That means Monday, it's not just one Friday, but every day was happy hour. He enjoyed his life. Why? He had money in his hand. He had plenty of friends. Why? There was plenty of money. Uh, there's so much to be said here. Bible says he had a wicked living. He wasted all his money. In verse 14, it says, when he had spent everything, he came he began to be in want. Uh, let me say this way. When you have everything in life, in general, we don't see God. Right? The goal, when you, when you are loaded with so many things or the goods of this world, we don't need God. Uh, in general, I'm not specifically, I'm making a general statement. You know, summer is fast approaching. The word um, amusement, you know, many of us will go to roller coaster ride, right? Amusement park. If you have money, I'm not saying you shouldn't go. You should enjoy it, right? But the word, it's a Latin compound word. It simply, ah means no, and muse means think. It means no think. That's why when you go on a roller coaster ride, you don't have time to think, right? You scream. Uh, the idea is that when you are far from God, Satan lords us with so many things, and we don't have time to think about why am I here, where am I going, what is the purpose of my life, right? That is what happened in this, the story of the son. He had plenty of money in his hand, therefore no time to think about God. That's what Bible says he had a wicked living. Then he comes to an end. God sends a famine and he has no place to go and he has no food to eat. And if you look at verse 15, verse 15 it says, and he went and joined himself to a, to a citizen of the country and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. Now, think about this. He went, this is not what the son bargained for. He wanted freedom from his dad. He was telling his dad, Dad, I'm not coming back for Thanksgiving or Christmas. It's over. There's no anger for me here. But what happened here, he lost everything. And think about the first part I said, he was in a faraway country. It must be a Gentile country, right? Number two, who is his boss now? He has a Gentile boss. Number three, what you find, he's, what is he feeding? He, uh, what is he doing? He's not having an accounting job, right? He is feeding the swine, right? If you read the Jewish writings, you will soon learn that the job is not the most prestigious job. It says, curse is the man who feeds a swine. I think God, Jesus is playing the Jewish mind here. He picks this Jewish boy and gives a Gentile boss and gives the worst job in the world. Right? Why? He, God is bringing him to a place where he should realize where he came from and where he is today.
right? Let's read a few verses down. And verse 17, it says, And when he came to himself, or when he came to his senses, he said, and he said, how many, hires, how many higher servants of my fathers have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. What is he saying here? He's basically saying, these pigs, they have food to eat, but I don't have food. He is salivating over their food. Right? Then he says, okay, in my father's home, look at that word very closely in verse 17. When he came to his senses, look at the second part, how many what servants? Hired servants. Uh, I want to make the distinction here. There's the difference between a servant and a hired servant. A servant stays with the family, but a hired servant goes home at the end of the day. What this, in this story, the son is saying, even a hired servant at my father's house is treated better than what I have here. Right? So he's not asking, Dad, take me back as a servant, but he's saying, take me back as a hired servant. That is the difference here. Uh, then it says in verse 18, And I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and, against, and before thee. Now, I want to make a comment here. Um, that is, I get to preach occasionally from different uh, meetings, different conferences. I often hear people make, at least I hear uh, from different preachers, that is, they make confession so cheap. Look at what he said. He said, I have sinned against God and against thee. He did not say, well, I'll go back to my dad and say, well, I had to do some world tour. I wanted to do some sightseeing, uh, and I made a mistake. Please take me back. That's not what he said, right? He said, I have sinned against heaven and against you. That means what? Bible is very clear. David said, against thee and thee only have I sinned. That means what? Every sin, first and foremost, is against God and then to others. He said, I'm going to go back and I'm going to confess I have sinned against heaven and against uh, my dad. And I'm no more worthy to be called your servant. And verse 20, it says, and he arose and came to his father. Now, I think that is the most, that is the most uh, wise thing the son did. That is, he did not make a decision and sit there. He got up and he went to his father's home. Uh, let me make an application here. There are so many people that we know that they know that they need a savior, but they are not willing to make that move. In this story, the son was willing to get up and to go to his father's home. Right? Uh, so my first point is the prodigal who left home. He says, now I want to come home. And you can read verse 20 and 21. Uh, now he's coming home. Look at verse 21. And the, 
And sorry, let's start, start with verse 20. He arose and came to his father, but when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Uh, now, the story is switching from the younger son to the father. In this story, Jesus is narrating the, story, the life of this father as the love of God. That is, Jesus Christ, his compassion, his love for the sinners in the story. Now, coming back to the context, when the father saw his son, what did he do? He did not sit there and say, okay, let, let him come and see me. That's not what he said here, right? It says, the father had compassion and he ran and hugged him. If you uh, take a pen and uh, maybe not now, take a pen and circle some of these verbs, you will see that he ran, he kissed, he hugged, he embraced. All this you will find here. Now, it tells me in the love of a father. You know, if uh, think about this. If, if it was up to me, this is what I would say. Son, you humiliated me in front of the entire village. I will give you six months probation. Prove it to me that you are real. <laughs> right? Or I will say, well, why don't you clean up yourself first, then come back and see me. Do you agree? Maybe some of you are very generous than I am. But that's how I would treat. But in this story, it's very interesting to us. The father took off. Let me tell, give you a little bit of background. In the Jewish culture, usually men wore long robes, right? They had long robes. If a man to run, what does he, he, what does he have to do? He has to pick up his robe and he has to run, right? It is an undignified thing for an older gentleman to show his feet in the Jewish culture. In this story, what did the father do? He took off, right? He could care less what others thought about him. Why? Because of his love for his son. Amen? Um, I often say, there is no sin so great that God cannot forgive. There is no uh, sinner that, no, that can never be forgiven. Why? The old saying is that the ground at the foot of the cross is level, right? If you are willing to come back to him, he's always ready to receive you. Uh, it says he showed compassion and mercy. What is mercy? Mercy is, uh, you, see the, you see two things here, grace and mercy. Grace is simply giving us what we don't deserve, and mercy is holding back what we do deserve. We deserve hell and eternal punishment, but God did not give us that, right? So in this story, you will see that the, the father says, you will see that son is narrating the story of his confession, how he is supposed to do. He said, Father, I have sinned. But the second part of the confession, the father did not allow him to complete it. You know, it's very clear. You don't have to be perfect when you come to him. Your praise, does not, your praise do not have to be that perfect. He's willing, willing to accept you just as you are. 
that is the merciful God, that kind of a God we have. What does the father do? Look at the response. It says, bring the robe. That means it is a dignified, special robe for special occasions. Right? He says, bring and put it on. Then he says, bring the ring. Ring shows the sign of authority. I, I looked at this verse and I thought of myself, how can you translate that into today's term? I think the father is saying, here is my MasterCard. Here is my banking online password. Please have it. Right? The idea is simply this. The, his forgiveness was immediate and it was complete. He did not wait for another six months. Then he says, bring the sandal and put it on him. Servants did not wear shoes. Only masters did. He's saying, you, no, you are no longer a servant, but you are a master in this home. Then he says, bring the fatter calf. He said, that is meat that is reserved for special occasion. He said, bring that and let us celebrate. So... That is the story of the prodigal. I want to make a few applications here. That is, if you are far from God today, um, or you do not know Christ as the Savior, the story is a story of great promise and hope. That as long as you're willing to come, Bible says if you confess if you are willing to confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive all your sins. Bible says, he that covereth his sin shall not prosper, but whosoever that uh, confesseth and forsaketh them, they will have mercy of the Lord. Amen? Number two, you see in this story, there is a third character, that is the older son. I have 15 minutes. I will briefly mention that, then I will hand it over to Pastor. Uh, who is the third character in the story? That, that is the older son, right? The, where was he when the younger son came back? Let's read verse 15, verse 26. Let's start with verse 25, please. It says, now his elder son was in the field, and as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard the music and dancing. Music and dancing, verse 26, and he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said unto them, unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father has killed the fatter calf, because he has received him uh, safe and sound. Um, the third character is the elder son in the story. He was out, out in the field working for his dad. So if you are following the story, the number one, the prodigal who left home. Number two, I call it the prodigal who stayed home. Uh, in the story, he looked like a Christian. Uh, he acted like a Christian. Uh, you know, in the community, everybody thought he is the perfect son that stayed back home and helped his dad and mom. Right? Remember the other son? He was going, in, he went to a faraway country, but here is the perfect son who stayed home and helped his dad. But look at the attitude this elder son had. When he came back, there was a party going on. Was he willing to go in? He was not willing to go. 
go in. Why? Then he calls his, calls his dad out and he says, what is happening? Then he said, son, join the party. Your brother, he was lost, but he is found. Let us rejoice. But he was the elder son. He was not willing to join the party. If you read the verse so closely, what this elder son is saying, I have slaved for you all these years, but you never gave me a fatter calf. Right? But look at in the story, he's saying, but your younger son, he wasted all his money, and he went, went to a faraway country, and he spent his money with the prostitutes, but you still welcomed him home. Right? Um, there's so much more to be said in this story, but what's wrong with the picture here? Think about this. If this brother had any concern for his younger brother, he would have been looking out for him. Right? In this story, you never see that this elder brother looking out for his brother. I call him a judgmental Christian. When this younger brother came home, he should have simply be he should simply should have joined the party and rejoiced with his dad. But that's not what happened in this story. Let me ask you a question. There's so much more to be said in this story. When God answers somebody else's prayer and you had the same prayer but God never answered yours, are you willing to rejoice with the other person? Right? Let me ask in another way. When the unlovely and the unwelcome come home, are you willing to rejoice with them? Or are you, will, are you going to say, well, look at this guy. Let's see next three months what he's going to do. Then we will join the party. Right? So in this story, the, younger, the elder son, he was a hypocrite in many ways. He acted like a Christian. He had a good name, but his heart was not right with God. But what does the father say? Father said, look at verse 29. And he answering said unto his father, Lo, these many years I served or slaved for you, but you never gave me anything. But look at uh, verse 30. But as soon as thy son, he is not saying my brother, he said thy son was come, which has devoured thy living with harlots, Thou hast killed for him the fatter calf. Verse 31. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. What is this father saying? Uh, since we don't have much time to expand on this, let me say this way. Here is a pleading father who says, Son, this is just a party. Join the party. All that I have is yours. In other words, what Jesus is saying, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ today, you are heirs and joiners with Jesus Christ. All that I have is yours. Join the party. That is what Jesus is saying in this story. Let me say this way from, the, from this story. If you read the story, then verse 32, the story comes to an end abruptly. There is no conclusion here. What does that mean? 
Nowhere in the New Testament, let me say this again, nowhere in the New Testament you will ever see this elder son ever God repented. Nowhere in the New Testament you will read that. My challenge to you this evening is simply this. You do not want to, want to be like this elder son who never God repented and never got his life right with God. He was a hypocrite. He was, a, he was very judgmental. He, he refused to go in, into the party, even though his father pleaded to join. My big idea is simply this. You and I should have the father's heart when the most unlovely, unwelcome come home. Accept God's forgiveness, and you, are, you and I, we are supposed to extend that forgiveness to others. You accept it, then extend it to others. You, you do not want to be like the older brother. Number one, the prodigal who left home. Number two, the prodigal who stayed home. Number three, the story comes to an end with a pleading father that say, he, who says, come on in, join the party. May God help us this evening uh, from the life of, uh, from, the from this story, how you and I should love and care for others. When the unlovely and the unwelcome come home, let us come alongside, be an encouragement, support them, and cheer for them. Right? I, quite often I say this story, Passion, two minutes I'll be done. Quite often I say this story, uh, I get to uh, teach at different schools. Uh, years ago I was in the uh, Philippines. Um, I was teaching at a school, uh, seminar, then I was done. The man who took me to Manila uh, said, Phil, this, since this is your first time to the Philippines, I want to take you to a nice, uh, I want to get you something nice. Uh, I always wanted a Rolex watch. Uh, it's a, you know, I know it's a, a used one is even expensive. So Bill, Bill took me to the mall, Mall of Asia in Manila. And as soon as we walked into a Rolex or a watch shop, the lady looked at me and said, sir, what do you want? I said, I want a Rolex watch. And Bill said, go for it. So I picked up this watch. Uh, I did not bring, usually I travel with that. Uh, I, Bill bought this watch for me. And I have it, it's uh, even to, you know, it's with me, it, it's uh, back home. I liked it, and I have it, I had it with me, but there was a problem. It's a Rolex watch. Before I left Philippines, it stopped working. <laughs> the problem was, when we walked into that store, the lady looked at us and asked, Sir, do you want a knockoff or a real? I know the man who took me, his name is Bill. Bill is in ministry. I am in ministry. We can afford a real Rolex watch. That's why I settled for a fake. You know why I travel with that Rolex watch with me? Uh, the reason is this. It is very easy to put up a show because no one knows what happens within my heart, right? It's easy for me to preach a message Sunday morning and take off Sunday afternoon. But I have made this commitment before God that, Lord, I want to be genuine. I want to be real. I want to be authentic. I never want to be fake. Right? If you read through the Gospels, 
Jesus had the most warning for the, to the Pharisees, what did it say? You hypocrites, right? So let me challenge you. There's so much more to be said. Let me challenge you um, that our prayer as Christians would be, Lord, let me not be like the elder brother. I want to be real. I want to be genuine for Jesus Christ. I want to be encouragement to my home church, right? I have that watch with me. If I show you today, it looks like a real Rolex, but the problem, it doesn't work. Let's be real and genuine for Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening to me, Pastor.